He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year on the Play Like a Jet Network. I am your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And with me are my stalwart companions, Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at dash 37 board 27 and Josh Conrad, who you can find at Josh underscore Conrad. Fellas, it's been a little bit. Uh, I am currently quarantined in my house playing a, playing a game of COVID sharks and minnows or plants and zombies Ooh. or whatever you want to call with my family. I'm the last person standing without COVID. Uh, everybody else has COVID in the house. Do you have any advice for me, Josh? Oof. Uh, I would advise you to watch every Olympic moment you can of speed walking. <laughs> Olympic speed walking is electric, boys. I love it. It's incredible to watch people that want to run so badly not run. It's incredible self-restraint. Now, is it defined as you can't have, like, feet in the air? Is that what defines it? Like, how, how can you get, like, disqualified if a foot comes off, if both See, feet come off the ground? Is you, that how that works? How does that you, even work? You're the one. You're the one in quarantine looking for stuff to do. I'm gonna let you research the rules of speed walking. Let that <laughs> okay, fill some fine. time. They all right. they all kind of look like uh, me when I'm dancing uh, in in a club. That's that's kind of that's kind of my go to move. <laughs> uh, Travis, do you it's have any hits. advice? Do you, yeah, uh, hits, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna go kind of uh, opposite, but the, still the same uh, as Josh. Uh, I'm not going. Uh, you should watch the Olympics, but I'm gonna say you should take this time and watch Master and Commander um oh dude <laughs> dude it, 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 this it's this is horrible. insane because it's on amazon prime it's so bad and, and it's like three it hours but ago. it's gonna make it's yeah. gonna make everything else in your life seem like it's pretty okay i literally just watched it and i'm gonna go oh watch my it god again. you did that, me watching that movie might have given my family COVID. Ooh, i mean i'm serious right. it, it could have it could have yeah russell uh, fault. yeah russell crowe and a patrick o'brien novel come to life master and commander far side of the world um russell crowe is a, a british naval officer during the napoleonic war and he is chasing a bigger french privateer that is uh, hell-bent on like destroying the whaling industry for for england which uh you know in retrospect like good job R france riveting right? Yeah, but but good job to destroy the the whaling industry, right? Like we don't we yeah. don't need that we don't need that noise. We don't need you going around building, uh, you know, killing killing you know harmless mammals uh, for this, for their blubber. Thank you. This Thank one you, time France. I thought I, this one time I thought I had mono, but it turned out I was just watching Master and Commander. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so tell me what 
tell, tell me what you don't love about Master Commander. I, I want to dig in on this a little bit. What what is oh. is it just it's so long? Is it just like all the like you know nautical terms? Like what is it specifically? That Literally you don't everything. Enjoy? It's it, everything. It's 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 like. <laughs> It's like PBS got together, like all of the PBS shows got together and like, okay, what's the shittiest part of everything that we do? Uh, and let's put this all together in a movie. Oh, okay. Well, here's yeah. the thing, though. There are some interesting uh, naval, like British naval uh, meals served on that uh, in that movie, as I recall. Um, they're, they're eating lobscouse and pickled pig's face and i don't know all, all kinds of crazy stuff pretty, pretty sure i might have just zoned out at that point and was uh yeah. you know just just thinking of Tra just, just Tra thinking about you, living my life <laughs> you were you were not keyed in on the the menu and the chef's tasting five option five course prefix on no, i think Commander. i was i think i was pondering tree bark at that point okay well well he, here's here's what i'm doing right now i'm currently out on my back deck recording this podcast with you the trash truck is rolling through my neighborhood, so enjoy the sounds of um, of a massive trash truck in the background it's kind, somewhere. It's, it's, it's uh, almost like I'm there with you then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. I'm like uh, a massive okay. trash truck. <laughs> okay, Travis, quick quick check-in on taste and nice wander. What's going on? What when are we when are we going live? What's what's Not, the story? Nice wander. Um but nice uh, wander. But, yeah. Uh, no, you're fine. Um taste is uh, Trucking along, doing great. Um, busy as hell. You know, we were, we're booked about three weeks out for every single night. Um, Hickory's coming along. We're looking at late October. Um, uh, yeah, like it's, I mean, it's looking great. Like I go in there nice. uh, every single day and there's a little bit more done. And it's, you know, they're putting in like the epoxy, uh, like the floors in the kitchen. It's kind of like uh, Rhino Bedliner. Um, <laughs> oh, dude. That's yeah, fancy yeah. stuff. That's um, fancy yeah. stuff. Yep, and uh, yeah, they're doing that. They're doing some of the really cool woodwork in there right now. So it's it's really it's it's really exciting looking at it at this point. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's coming up super quick. Well, good. Well, I, I know Scott Mason and myself can't wait to come down and feature uh, and, and make you make uh, collard greens for us. So, uh, so every every everybody go everybody go down to the the first game of the season uh, yeah. in Charlotte and just stop through here on the way. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Maybe we can get on the plane from uh, from Zach Wilson's uncle. I guess we would have to fly to Salt Lake City first. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's a little out of the way. Not 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 optimal. Not optimal. All right. Very well, circuitous. Hey, the Jets are actually there's actually Jets things happening. So so let's get to some of the Jets things happening. First off, I, I, I Josh, I want you to react to something. I don't do like I don't like Carl Lawson. I love him. Do, do you love him? Oh, do you love Carl Lawson? Because I think I, I love Carl Lawson. In practice today, I saw a clip of him going around uh, Mount Becton and getting a sack. <laughs> and I thought, if you can get around that man to the quarterback in time, as fleet a foot as one Zachary Wilson is, uh, let's say I salivated just a little bit. I got a little bit hungry uh, to see what Carl Lawson's going to do uh, for this team in the regular season. My gosh, that guy is fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Travis, do, did you have any thoughts? Have you seen any, any gifts from training camp of, uh, of Mr. Lawson or his, oh, kinda, man. I mean, his, his, his fan club or any of this so far? I think, I think my favorite part of it is that, you know, Makai Becton gets to go up against him every single day. And, uh, mm. I, I, I can't remember if it was Lawson or Becton that had the quote, uh, when asked about that. And, uh, the, the reaction was, uh, 
it takes iron to sharpen iron. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like hearing that and, and, you know, that that's pretty amazing. Um, and ha having the offensive line, you know, actually getting to go up against somebody that that's pretty dang good at getting to the quarterback every single day that even it makes me even more excited. Yeah. I, I think there's a great quote, which you have to love from, from Lawson a couple of days ago, I think last week where he said last season, he left a hundred sacks on the field. Yeah, this is the quote. Maybe you know, asked like how many he he like because that's the thing is in that in that defense kind of in that system he just wasn't really able to get to the to the pass rusher and so his new defensive coordinator has said, hey, we're going to surface more opportunity for this guy. You know, he's um, you know he he's there every play, um, and that's very exciting to us. And so, so they, they then asked well, Lawson, like, well, you know, how, how many sacks do you think he could have had last year? And he says, maybe a hundred sacks, uh, because every maybe. rush is supposed to be a sack to me. Um, that's how I evaluate it. So a hundred okay. sacks that that's how many I left uh, on the table. I'm, I'm no NFL historian. I'm pretty sure that'd be a record. I, it might be a record. It might be, it might be, uh, Brett Favre laying down Michael Strahan, if, uh, oh. if, yeah, yeah, if, if, if that was actually, if it actually happened. So, so in, in Lawson's brain, he had hundred sacks, which, you know, it's kind of like this ridiculous quote, but it's also this, like, you love a guy who just is like, I, I should have had them all. Like I, everyone I should have, like you, you want that kind of a player who's gonna, you know, wants to get it every time, regardless of how it's schemed up, regardless of how it's set up. So uh, he feels like he's already fitting in very well in New York, and it seems like the fans are very excited to have him there. So it'll be exciting to see uh, how how he plays in New York. Uh, which kind of you know you talked about um, Beckton and and some of the other guys on the on the offensive line. I want to get to them in a minute, um, but I do think you know just just in terms of uh, I have a question about about this new uh, defensive quarter Jeff Jeff Ulbrich. Um, uh, he seems to me, I don't know if you've seen any of the quotes or things, he, se he seems to be getting quoted quite a bit. Um, he feels like a low-key Rex. Have you, have you guys yes. read much of some of his comments? But if oh, I, yeah, I get, yeah, I'm getting I, a low-key Rex vibe. I like it. I like it. I don't hate it. I actually like it. So what are your thoughts, Travis, on kind of what you've heard from Ulbrich so far? Man, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, he is like a low-key Rex. Like, he's a... Uh, you know, he's definitely not as bright. He's, he's that like humble brash. I don't even know if that's a thing, yeah. but, uh, but you know, he, he's, he's a little low key, a little dry witted, but at the same time, like I, I, I love everything I'm hearing out of that guy's mouth and everything I'm hearing from, you know, especially the defensive line players. I mean, like listening to Sheldon Rankins talk about him the mm -hmm. other day. I mean, like I'm, I'm all in on that dude. Like I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. He, he seems Josh, like a guy who, you know, he can certainly carry, the press room he can if he can carry the press room it sounds like he can carry you know his own you know his own defensive you know meeting room um and certainly someone who you know we'll see once the you know once once it's it's real games and and how his defense does but uh, every indication i'm getting just from the more i know about him is this is a person who can handle the defense on his own he yes, he will get input from his head coach, but his head coach does not have to babysit sit him. This is not a Patton Oswalt, Doel Legane's situation. Mm. It would seem to me. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. And and some of the quotes coming out. I mean, he he keeps referencing how young young the defensive side of the ball is, and he's right. I mean, especially in the secondary, he's got a lot 
of really, really young guys. Um, and he doesn't seem a overwhelmed by that. And B seems generally excited. Um, and he talks about players in a way that doesn't just say, Hey, this is going to work well for us. He's really talking about the individual player. Like, you know, I'm, I'm excited to work with this guy, this guy, help him get his career going, help him make him better. I mean, even the stuff about Carl Lawson sounds like mm-hmm. he's like, listen, he's not a, he's not a, he's not a national name yet, but I'm really impressed. He's a student of the game, like all the quotes. Right. And so, I mean, I think we're seeing a really good competitive drive in him that's being passed to his players and he can speak to it. Right. He's a former player. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't voicing rats in Pixar movies. And so he um, has the ability <laughs> to speak, to speak for the players from a place of experience. And at the same time, um, find a way to get those guys to gel and play their best. And so, man, like I, I'm, I am excited about him. I feel like Robert Sala, like at, at this point, it just feels like everything he's touched so far is turning to gold, which I'm not quite sure what to do with yet. I think the, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the waiting for the other shoe to drop jets fan in me, um, yeah. is waiting for some bad news or to not see, you know, everything play out well, or, you know, like a total lack of interest, like we've seen the last three or four years, but Man, so far this training camp just feels different to me, guys. Yeah, yeah, and and while I again, I think just to set the expectation, I've said this before. Like, I don't think this is going to translate into <laughs> playoffs in in year one, but I think it's going to translate into foundational, you know, year one with a new regime, um, new coaching staff, you know, new new uh, new offense, new new quarterback. And so the hope here is that this, these are things we, we can build on. Um, yeah. What, one of the funniest quotes and talking about things to build on, on the offensive side, right. We've got these, uh, <laughs> these big dudes and, and the running game. And so one of Jeff Ulbrich's great quotes here that has gotten a lot of run in the last couple of days is he, he was talking about the running game and how it sets up well, like, you know, effectively the way this offense works is that they're going to rely on the running game. They're going to rely on a committee, um, even if the players have some similarities. Um, they certainly have a little bit different elements to them. And so expect to see different players, you know, whether it's Ty Johnson or whether it's Tevin Coleman or whether it's Michael Carter kind of coming in and out on, on given plays or given situations. And so, um, so you know, the, the goal there is they're going to use that to set up the play action. So here's, here's a quote from Ulbrich who said, uh, the run game is just scientific. He's, ta- he's praising LaFleur and he's praising the offense. It's so deliberate in the way they do everything, in the way we walk, the way we climb, the way they target you, the whole thing, which makes it an absolute pain in the ass. The run game is, an ex- is, it, is exceptional. Then it's the play pass, that, the play action pass, the play pass that comes off their run game. That's where the explosiveness lays. And so, so, right. So what he's saying is if you can set this up and set up dealing with the run game, like that is going to create game breaking plays for players like Elijah Moore, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, But through that offense and obviously Travis, when you're talking about the running game, we know where it starts and it's the offensive line. And you were already talking about, you were already talking about Mekhi Becton and, and how big he is. There's a, there's some great quotes from the, from the New York post and just, you know, running through all the different news <laughs> players on the team. So like Sheldon Rankins, who's a six, two, three Oh five guy and Morgan Moses are saying of Mackay Becton, this is a big dude, quote unquote. Uh, I need to find the, I need to find the quote from Morgan Moses uh, or the, in this article. This is a New York post article by Brian Costello, one of my favorite writers. 
Um, he wrote, uh, right tackle Morgan Moses, six foot six, 318 pounds, met Becton when Becton was in college, but he said it was jarring when he stood next to him. This so right tackle Morgan Moses, who's six six three eighteen, thought it was jarring to stand next to Makai Becton. And then here's mm-hmm. the quote: um, "You look at this guy. I thought I was a big dude, and I line up with him, and I'm like, dang, he's blocking the sun from me." Moses said. So, um, so you know, certainly it's not solely about size. The article goes on to say how athletic. Becton is. And this is one of the things, you know, we've talked about over the last year, but, but when you think about the run game and when you think about what this line now has, you know, with kind of the twin towers of, of Makai Becton and Morgan Moses, and then the, the addition of AVT and some of the other players that'll, you know, sort themselves out, you know, Travis, how you feeling? Oh man, like I, I, I never thought that I would, uh, <laughs> two years ago, I thought that I would never have a good feeling about the offensive line of the Jets ever again. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I mean, the second we signed Moses, like I, I was like, holy crap, we're actually going to have a, a pretty damn good offensive line. I mean, um, and I think it's going to do wonders for Connor McGovern's play. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's already looked better from what I've seen in camp. Um, you know, uh, and, and I think uh, Ulbricht's quote is, is a testament to that. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I had hoped and, you know, I, I thought the entire time that, that Joe, du- you know, this was going to be Joe Douglas's uh, plan all along. And, and you know, it's, it's starting to play out. I would have liked to have had Moses sign for, you know, maybe a couple years instead of just the one-year mm-hmm. deal. But, but man, like, I mean, they're looking awesome. And, uh, and it's showing in, in the running backs. Like, uh, just like you were saying, like, Tevin Coleman's having an amazing camp from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, holy shit! I said his name right for the first time. I think. Yeah, good job. Um, <laughs> not Kevin Jordan. Not Kevin Jordan. I didn't call nice him job. Kevin Campbell. Um, or Kevin. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, him too. Yeah. Um, uh, he's been looking great. Uh, Ty Johnson's been looking great, but I've been high on him since last season. Uh, Michael Carter, you know, he a little up and down, uh, especially from what I saw today, uh, going through the Twitter feeds and stuff. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I, I'm. I, that's. I think the the thing I'm most excited about um, on this team is is the fact that we've got a, a competent and pretty damn good offensive line, and it, and it came together a lot quicker than I thought. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. You know the Morgan Moses you mentioned. Morgan Moses in the one year deal he signed. I mean he signed his deal late. You know he's trying to figure out what's next for him, and you know he got a he got a good paycheck, and I think. If I was in the jet situation, obviously I have no knowledge of the situation. Just if I'm in their situation and I'm trying to attract him to New York, I would say, look, we're going to pay you, you know, market rate or, you know, competitive above market rate to bring you here. Um, we'll do it on a one-year deal. We want you here for longer than one year. And we want to try and convince you that this is a place you want to be but let's just, if, if it makes you comfortable, let's just start with one year. And then if you don't buy into what we're doing here and want to, you know, resign back and we can find a market level deal, then, you know, then that's okay. Uh, you can, you know, go on and make a bigger payday somewhere else after us. But like, we, we want to, we want to, you know, make this kind of a, a convincing first date for you and hopefully turn this into a longer situation at the same time. Right. I do think that Morgan Moses, while a great, Boon for this offense like he's still a luxury right he's still a luxury for this offense um and i do think they have uh let's say capable players that they could take into the season depending um on on what they want to do with their cap 
you know, should they need, should they need it, you know, around injuries or players that could slide in there? Obviously things get a little dicier with, uh, with Cam Clark, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, a serious injury and it sounds like he's going to make a full recovery from that spinal contusion. Um, but you know, it, it certainly does put a little bit more, um, more questions and kind of focus on how will this exactly play out uh, for the offensive line. But, but still, it, you know, looks like it's going to be one of the, one of the, you know, the, the bigger strengths of the team. Moses yeah, gives us two, two Virginia boys on the offensive line, yeah. which, which I, I like think it. is even cooler. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, yes. I'm a homer for that, but you know, yeah, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so uh, the, the other thing I, I kind of, I've talked about before was Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is having, an insane camp um, by all accounts. He, he's playing really well. Um, he's, you know, he's been one of the bright spots. It's not really a surprise to me. You know, once they drafted him, I think he's one of the most underrated uh, wide receivers kind of in this class. And the fact that he slipped to the second was, you know, when you, <laughs> when you think about a player like Kadarius Tony making into the first round of the giants and, and Elijah Moore not going there to the giants, you know, that was a total dumbfounding move. Like, uh, but at the same time, like, so I, I'm, I'm happy that we got him where we got him. Um, but I'm not surprised that he's having a good camp and I don't expect him to be Odell Beckham jr. You know, of, of, you know, a few years ago in, in his rookie year, but I certainly think he's going to be a contributor to this offense. Um, and obviously, he, you know, his effectiveness on kind of some of those play action packs passes that Ulbrich and Lafleur. Um, and other coaches have been talking about how that, you know, that's an important element of their offense um, is is important. But uh, but Josh, what do you think when when you think about more and like you know what other roles could he fill yeah. for this offense for this team other than just kind of the home run threat guy? Yeah, I don't I don't know if he was at camp today, but um, after practice today, Daniel Jeremiah was sending out just some notes, things he saw, um, and this is the maybe it's the first place I've seen it, but. He basically said Elijah Moore is a Tyler Lockett clone, um, mm-hmm. which is super, super high praise, obviously. Um, but it does seem like LaFleur is, you know, wanting to figure out unique ways to get the ball on Elijah Moore's hands. Um, you go back to college and look at his miss rate. You can look at broken tackles. You can look at all these things and realize within those first maybe seven yards of the line of scrimmage, um, he's just really hard to take down. And so I think mm-hmm. I think you're going to see – um, you know, and, and maybe my, uh, my, my desire that Chris Herndon was going to be the safety blanket, um, for, for Zach Wilson, but I'm um, thinking that, man, it, it might just be Elijah Moore, like, you know, within like short range across the middle, little bubble screens, little, you know, wide receiver, um, you know, like go route or, or um, um, jet sweeps. Like, I, I, yeah. I think they're just going to be constantly figuring out ways to get the ball quickly from Zach Wilson into his hands and let him make plays, um, which is super, super exciting. Um, obviously like, you know, I, we, we still need to actually see um, what that's going to look like. Hopefully the preseason game starts to give a little bit of a clue of what that looks like against other NFL competition, but man, you know, I, some of this high praise, you just don't see a guy like Daniel Jeremiah often just go, man, this guy is exactly like this guy who's a proven NFL wide receiver. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, expectations are growing for me. And at the same time, I'm trying to temper them. Remember, reminding myself, you know, he's he's a he's a he's, he's been a pro for, you know, four months. 
Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Lockett came into the league in 2015. Um, the biggest difference, I mean, there are so many similarities in terms of size and body type and speed and, you know, kind of like, you know, the straight line speed as compared to, uh, you know, maybe doesn't not, not as bursty, but definitely agile. Um, the big difference that, that I'm, I'm actually, I think a lot of people have used as a detraction of Elijah Moore um, you know, kind of in the advanced metrics community is a lot of advanced metrics communities. They look for different kind of signals um, around different things that they did in college. You know, how, what was their production like? When did they break out? Which means when did they kind of, you know, get a, a large kind of share of the of the offense uh, on their own? Did And the earlier you do that in your college career, the more predictive that is of NFL success. Another prediction of, of NFL success is, um, it's something kind of called, people call it different things, but it could be like dynamic score. So like, right. Are they using you on rush plays, um, your know, jet sweeps kind of, as you say, or, um, like, you know, like a Tyreek Hill college kind of vibe or, or like, are they using you on special teams? Um, and that's a big one. That's a big, big, big one for, for a lot of people that are trying to get a sense of, Hey, how does this person move in kind of open field, open space? Um, is this someone that, coaches were trying to put the ball into their hands as much as possible. Um, and, you know, and the more they did that and Tyler Lockett's an amazing example of that. He was extremely productive in college when it came to uh, when it came to special team stats. Uh, and even early in his career, really up until 2020, uh, he was used as a, as a core special teamer, as a returner, a punt returner, as a kick returner um, and, you know, had great years. Um, you know, I think he one year logged almost 900 yards on, on kick returns. Um, but the big thing that I, I, I don't know this and I, I need to go out and research this, but this is me just guessing. So let me be clear. This is me just guessing. I think his college offense didn't use him on special teams because they were worried that he would get injured right? Like that putting him there on those plays, it's kind of like the same thing in pros, like younger players and kind of, you know, lower rung players tend to play special teams because they're not so worried about them getting hurt. But I think, you know, old Miss, you know, once DK and AJ left, like there wasn't a lot left <laughs> in the tank on the, in that offense. And so, uh, so Elijah had to do a lot, but they didn't want to overwork him. And so I think one of the big detractions that a lot of people use is, well, I didn't do much on special teams. I think it was more a factor of they were trying to conserve him um, and protect him. Um, so, so right. So, so what his role is and, and how they use him is going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, I hope they don't necessarily, I mean, if they need it in, in like a, in a late game situation, maybe they use him on special teams. Uh, but I think he's going to do enough production from early on to, to warrant, uh, to warrant not needing to play core special teams, you know, early on. It yeah, might've also so, been because his head coach was, uh, busy selling me hot, uh, flaming hot Cheetos <laughs> at the, the gas station. <laughs> that is, that is true. You can't leave me a lane Kiffin opening yeah, without that's true. You know, me taking that's it. Fair. That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. Definitely, definitely take the dig. Uh, that's good. Um, so, you know, I, I've got to get back to dodging my family and, and COVID, uh, in, in my own home, which is super fun. Uh, but, uh, but before we go, I, I know this is going to be a quick one. We'll, we'll come back again soon with some, some more kind of updates, but yeah, I, I just, I get the sense from you guys. Oh, I do have one more thing that we do before we go, but, um, but just give me a sense of like, yeah, it sounds like I'm hearing optimism and I guess 
Travis and Josh, we'll start with you, Travis. Like, I'm not sure what to do about this. Like, are you, do you have, I, I like being optimistic. I want to be optimistic, but at the same time, like, is it safe to be optimistic, Travis? Uh, hold on. I've got like a Blackhawk helicopter flying over oh. me right now. Okay. Why don't you go on mute and we'll get, we'll get Josh's answer and we'll come back to you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, yeah, Trav, if this is the last moment before a missile takes you out, it's been fun. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I go back and forth, right? Like I am trying to temper expectations, not just as a Jet fan and not just because of experience. Um, but at the same time, man, like there's just, there is so much to be excited about right now, which we've not had for uh, ever, or at least the last few years specifically. Um having a coach that completely transforms your culture from the top down um, at every level, every pick, everything seems and feels like, man, this is like now truly all gas, no breaks, which, you know, Robert Sala is going to trademark and throw on a million t-shirts. But um, the optimism for me um, really is less in results than it is in process, which I know we've all, we've, we've been talking about this for a number of years. Um, listeners of the pod will remember we've, we've talked about process, 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 and then, Live with the results. And I think we're all there. Um, to me, the optimism is because of the process that's been in place for the last, you know, uh, 12 months or so, getting rid of Adam Gase and, and completely reworking how the roster was going to be constructed, bringing in new coaching staff, um, injecting excitement, all these things that um, it just feels like they're making all the right decisions in process. And that's what that's what excites me. Nice. Uh, Travis, I hope you haven't been taken down by blue thunder, but, um, but if you haven't, uh, how are you feeling? Are you feeling optimistic? Well, I'm optimistic that Roy Scheider, uh, just, just did a, a flyby, uh, and that was it. Um, <laughs> way to pull out the freaking uh, blue, blue thunder, thunder reference. reference. Holy yeah. shit. Man, that's a, that's a deep cut. I'm very proud of you. Um, thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, you know, like I, uh, I, I agree a lot with, uh, with, with a lot of what Josh said. Uh, I think the thing that's most that's giving me optimism is, uh, you know, and this sounds like a, a seriously dumbass reason, but having, having some good players on the field and, and it's not just because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stoked. We have like Corey Davis or like, uh, or that we have, you know, Makai Becton or Morgan Moses or Carl mm -hmm. Lawson or you, you, you name it. Um, I, I'm stoked because we've got so much youth on both sides of the ball that you know uh you know people like bryce hall you know that you know they're he's he's out there you know he's, he's their most experienced uh pretty much mm. outside of bless austin uh, but probably their best and most experienced cornerback and yeah. you know he's going up against Corey davis uh you know every day uh, yeah. elijah moore every single day makai beckton's going up against carl lawson every day so it's like these young these young cats are not only getting mentorship they're not only you know, there's not only just better players that we're putting out on the field but the players that we have that are are in growth stages um and you know kind of building their way to to something you know uh mm -hmm. to, to to a better place in 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 their career you know I, I think that seeing them being able to actually now go up against people and and as josh said like a, a coach that's that's you know just providing a really great culture and um, you know, like, like hearing this kind of stuff is it's, it's stuff that we've dreamed about and seeing a GM that's, that's building the team in a sustainable manner. Um, you know, it's, uh, there, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, and I'm trying to be excited about those tangible things and not, you know, 
like, oh my God, look at all the, you know, look at how great they're doing on the field or look at how great Elijah's doing when he is going up against a pretty experienced, inexperienced secondary, you know, like it's, it's yeah. exciting to see him do it. But at the same time, you know, you, you've got to temper that temper it a little bit, but it's the tangible things that I'm really excited about. Yeah. So you're telling me that Bryce Hall lining up in practice against uh, Corey Davis is better than him lining up against Jehu Chesson or Vincent Smith. Is that, is that what you're trying to tell me? So you're trying hey, to it's, it's, a, it's a possibility. I'm, you know, okay. I'm not sure. I don't, right. I don't want to second guess a, a uh, offensive, uh, a brilliant offensive mind um, like like we've had in the, in the past, i.e. Uh, Mr. Gase. And, uh, dude, I saw somewhere on Twitter somebody named their dog Dogwell Logans. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a brilliant dog name. name. That's a 2020 <laughs> dog name. It's fantastic. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, all right. Well, hey, okay, before we go, so Forbes, good old Forbes, um, they have come out with their list of uh like the valuations on the uh like you know NFL franchises. Uh they do this every year. Um, the number one franchise is the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not gonna say the, the value because I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil it. Like we we agreed that we were gonna we were gonna give Josh and, and Travis a chance to guess. And then I have, and then I have a fun game, a short fun game we can play after that. But Josh, I want to mm. know what you think the current no. value, according to Forbes yeah. uh, of the, of the New York jets is. Is this before or after Elijah Moore's practice today? This is prior. It, it prior. came out today. So I'm guessing it was prior to that practice. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go and man, I'm never really great at these. I'm going to guess 2.3 billion is my okay. guess. Okay. Okay. Travis, do you have a guess? Travis is on. Is this, uh, is this, uh, oh, price is right rules? Yeah. This you can go one right dollar. Sure. Yeah. One dollar. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bidding one dollar. <laughs> okay. You're both wrong. 4.05 billion. The eighth most valuable franchise in the league. Most valuable franchise in the league. Obviously Dallas Cowboys at 6.5 billion. So four point zero five billion, the New York Jets. Can we guess the lease real quick? I would like to. I would like a chance to guess <laughs> yeah, the lease. Sure, sure. Yeah, you can go ahead. This this is, might be more fun than what we just guessed. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Man. I'm I'm gonna guess, man. So you got to think like real estate. You got to think, oh, exposure, yeah. size of the city, all these things. I'm gonna yep. guess yep. the Carolina Panthers are the lowest. Okay. Do you, do you have a guess, Travis? Move. I'm going uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, good call. You're, th- those are good. Those are good. You're both wrong. It's actually the Buffalo Bills. So I'll oh, go. Oh I'll man, go, I don't even think yeah. about them. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, right. I mean, they they are, it's, it's like New York's football team. Right here, it's in the <laughs> yeah. it's in, right. It's it's in the Rust Belt. It's in a cold ass city. Um, it's in a not amazing city right sorry buffalo fans it's just fact um, jacksonville's not amazing like, either everybody yeah, looks yeah. like oh, lane kiffin there that's true Bills fans like we're listening kiffin. to this and just got ran over by a train sorry bills fans uh <laughs> like no, they're too busy jumping on tables and stuff um yeah, yeah they, they're anyway they're, they're not that valuable because of real estate is probably the, yeah. the biggest single reason and then the second one is like it uh, you know and just you know long levels of mediocrity right that, that certainly plays into cincinnati Bengals. i feel Bengals, like, I feel uh, like Beasley's anti yeah. anti-vaccination rap video might uh might might factor <laughs> into that too 
might have it might have forbes is yes forbes is pretty uh they're pretty uh active in the journalism i guess you'd say right so so anyway so jets are the eighth most valuable team at 4.0 billion dollars all right i want to play i want to play a quick game with you guys um i want you to tell me we're, we're gonna we'll try a couple rounds of this i'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants here um but let's just let's just, we'll, we'll play a practice run at this okay so what i want you to do is to tell me whether or not the Jets are more or less valuable than another entity, let's say. So, so mm. like for instance, like uh, here, I'll just I'll just give you give you one for instance. Okay, like Starbucks, right? Do you think the Jets are more or less valuable than than Starbucks? Uh, In terms of like their their corporate right, you know, corporate taxes, right? Okay, so so Josh says less. Travis, what would you say? I'm saying less. So I don't no, hear from Travis. On mute he's, there, he's on mute. I'm, he's I'm going. Loose. I'm going more. Oh. I'm going more. Okay. Okay. More. No, they're not. So, so, so Starbucks is worth, uh, according to its market capitalization, uh, 139 billion dollars. All right. So, yes, yes, you should lattes, have. Yes, bro. you should have. Yeah, it's all lattes. It's all freestanding. It's all drive-throughs. It's all drive-through lattes these days, bro. It's all so, free YouTube albums. So. <laughs> That's right. Gross. Okay. So, so here we're going to get, we're going to, so I'm going to, I'm going to start us with a couple. Okay. So uh, I have a couple lists here. Give me a second, please. Oh no. Where did it go? Oh, I man. hope it's things like Slingins uh, and Hormel pepperoni. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. I got one. All right. So are the jets more or less valuable than Harley Davidson, the famous motorcycle company? Are they more uh, or less valuable by market capitalization, which is value, than than Harley Davidson? Ticker signal. Are- no, don't go look it up. Don't go look it up. The no, no, no. Signal, t- the ticker signal for Harley Davidson is hog, which is amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to say the Jets are more valuable than Harley Davidson. Okay. All right, Travis. What do you think? Man, living in Southwestern Virginia, I I, I am inundated with it. I got to say that uh, Jets are not worth more. Okay, they're not worth more. That's correct. The Harley Davidson is worth six point oh three billion dollars. So, so yeah. So you're okay. clo- they're close. They're close. All right. Now we're gonna get a little. Uh, we're gonna get a little millennial uh, crypto for you guys. I'm gonna go. Let's go find. Oh, it resorted. Darn you! All right. Give me a second here. Uh. Okay. That is. <laughs> okay i've got to wait great content yeah this is amazing content for for our fans here all right um okay there is a there there is a crypto called monero and it's it's uh symbol is uh is uh is xmr um is are the new york jets more or less valuable than the crypto monero the jets are worth less than monero more yeah i'm going more no no you're both you're both well josh travis they're wrong monero is worth 4.5 billion dollars by market capitalization all right right. that's right you can't both be wrong yeah so you're right you're right yeah that's what i meant to say all right okay let's try um okay i had another one okay okay here we go um great there's a great uh video game company called capcom They've made some amazing video games over the years. Are the Jets worth more or less by market capitalization than Capcom? Travis. Uh, Falcon. More. Falcon Zero. Okay. 
The Jets are uh, worth yeah. more than We're, Capcom. All right. No, yeah. Capcom's worth more than the Jets. I don't okay. think Capcom's doing much anymore, though. Bro, internationally, oh my gosh, you, you're okay. not up on the video game market in Ukraine. Didn't Come they? On, bro. Didn't they? Didn't they make Contra? <laughs> I think they Contra, did. Double Dragon. Double or was Dragon. that Activision? I can't remember. No. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the original game, maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, All right. Capcom is worth more at $5.96 billion. Woo. Billion with a B. Um, Damn. All right. Okay. Um, all right. Now I'm going to go. I'm gonna, we're going to try one more here that I've, that I've got ready for you. Um, is, are the New York Jets, by market capitalization, worth now this this is this is prescient for both you two uh because i know you're both both big sneaker heads are they worth more or less than foot locker that's that's definitely a less i gotta go less i'm going more the jets are worth more than foot locker foot locker is valued at 5.6 billion so no they are not valued more than foot locker so i think i I, the only reason i did this is just because it's fun and it's insane to think that jets are you know, the eighth most valuable team in the NFL and the most valuable team, the, uh, um, the, the Dallas Cowboys is still not even worth more than, than many businesses, uh, out there. Uh, you know, the, I'm, I'm like just going by market capitalization. I think I'm in the good grief. Like I'm on, I mean like rank 230 and this is like just for, Oh, this is worldwide companies. But so, so the, so the point is like, there's like, Lots of things worth a lot more than the Jets, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, But at the same time, like the Jets are in this amazing position where it's like Ronco said it and forget it. Right. Like you have teams like the Bills and the Bengals and the Detroit Lions where it's just these like, well, the Bills don't really fall into this because they've they've changed hands recently, but you just have this like family ownership and just like general malaise and these kind of like not as exciting cities and they combine to make like, you know, mostly subpar, um, subpar products and subpar teams. And they don't even really care, like in the case of the Bengals, like they don't care whether their team is good or bad. Like they're going to get their money at the gates. They're going to get, they're going to like hammer their checks from, ESPN and NBC and CBS and, you know, all these different, you know, new streaming services and stuff. Um, but, but at the end of the day, like we as fans, like we, we can vote with our feet. We can vote with our dollars. Like there's lots of things we can do. Um, and so when, so just, I, I kind of wanted to do this also just to say like, it makes it more exciting and it makes me more willing to invest my time and money and effort and energy into this team. If they're an exciting team. And so, right. My hope is my hope is that the Johnsons are going to engage and kind of, you know, lean forward a little bit here and, uh, and, and help us build a good product. And I hope we're on the right track. Um, but I don't know that that's, that's Springer's final thought. Do you guys have any other, Final are the, are the Jets are the Jets more valuable than Smash Mouth? Uh, actually, no, are the Jets then more Smash Mouth than, than Sammy? H- yeah, yeah, we'll go Smash Mouth. Oh. Well, Cabo Wabo. Oh, so, like, what Cabo Wabo? What's his company? Cabo Wabo. Oh, yeah, he, was. He, was, he, he sold it. He sold it. Oh, uh, let's just see what the valuation. Uh oh. Okay. Yeah. No, they're definitely more valuable. Um. So it, yeah, Cabo Wabo Tequila business to Grupo Campari for eighty million. So congratulations, New York Jets. You are worth more. Then Cabo Wabo Tequila. Uh, good job. Good job, New York Jets. 
Does that All make right. the, the Buffalo Bills or the Cabo Wabo of the NFL? That's what I'm learning. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, all Enjoy right. those Anything Alabama else? slammers. That's right. Any last-minute thoughts before we uh, let our people back to their, their lives and uh, uh, free them from our insanity? I'm telling you, Bryce Hall is going to kill it this year. Okay. All right. I love it. All right. Pr- uh, pray for me and my family. I'm not afraid of fever. I'm afraid of cabin fever. Yeah. Go, <laughs> go enjoy uh, – Go enjoy some some Olympic speed yeah. walking, Brian. I, I'm I'm also going to start a campaign on Twitter for uh, Master and Commander Two. Uh, I've, I've and, never and, I've never gotten more paperwork done in my life than that 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 <laughs> afternoon that I watched Master and <laughs> Commander. Uh, all right, well, thanks, fellas. Thanks, listeners, for sticking with us. Uh, we'll be back soon with more reaction to all the awesome things that are happening with the Jets. See you later. <laughs>